Welcome to Forward, a Fiserv podcast featuring conversations with the people moving financial services and commerce forward. Here's your host, Jason Hendricks with Fintech Forge. Money is stressful. Actually, money itself is not stressful. The fear of running out of it or not using it well, well, that's extremely stressful. In fact, a Pew survey identifies money as the number one source of stress for close to 80% of US households. Ironic that stress is increasing, not decreasing, while the industry has poured hundreds of millions of dollars into financial literacy. My conclusion, financial literacy doesn't work. Tanya Van Court, founder and CEO of Goalsetter says, well, that's because we're doing it wrong. Her experience as a content creator for ESPN and Nickelodeon led her down a very different path with Goalsetter as they're looking to change the way that parents and children view and work with money. Tanya, I know, let's just come in, you know, cut to the chase, something you and I have politely agreed to disagree upon over the years. Financial literacy, I don't think it works. We spent billions of dollars as an industry trying to improve financial outcomes, but people are more stressed than ever about money. And that isn't just a COVID thing or an inflation thing. I think we're actually getting worse, not better at managing money. Prove me wrong. I think you're right. We're getting worse rather than better. But listen, let me ask you something. On a daily basis, how excited do you get to watch commercials when you're watching television or when you're watching something online? How excited do you get to watch commercials? Well, I do live with somebody who is the president of an ad agency, so I need to be very careful on how I answer that one. I get very excited when I see one of her commercials. Um, I don't know. Well-delivered content and good advertising is actually good, right? Like, you know, I would actually rather Google have more of my information and deliver ads that are relevant. I actually get upset, like large card issuer, when I get there, um, you know, these are your special offers. I'm like, do you even know who I am? Like, why are these my special offers? Wait a minute, Jason. So did you just say well-designed and good advertising, you welcome, but poor advertising, you don't want any parts of? Well, listen, my friend, let me tell you something. The same is true about financial education. You show me one bit of financial education during the past hundred years that you would say, I want more of that. That was well-designed and really good. I guarantee you can't do it. And so you're right. All the bad financial education we've been doing, it sucks. And it doesn't work and it's not changing anybody's life. But we're going to gamify it. That's what we always say. We're going to gamify it as if people want everything gamified. So what does Goal Setter do that's different? Like, how do you unpack this to actually change financial education? Listen, so the first thing that I'll tell you that we do that's different is we have a different person leading this financial company, right? So my background is I was at ESPN. I launched ESPN3, which was the first digital video streaming player in the cable industry. We were the first online streaming content provider. And guess what we had to do? We had to program it. We had to figure out content that was different than the television networks that were still compelling and interesting. Then I moved over to Nickelodeon. I ran preschool and parenting digital for Nickelodeon. I created content that was both educational and entertaining. We had an educator on every single game that we created online. We had an educator on every piece of content that we put on air. And it was impactful. We saw the difference. And then I moved to Discovery Education, where I led the launch of digital textbooks into classrooms across the country. 
So Jason, I know like a little bit about <laughs> how do we create content that's really compelling for people. And so that's the thing. If I can bring all of the entertainment, education, and yes, even gamification into this space in a way that has worked in a different industry, then we got a shot at doing something different. So that's the first thing that we're doing this different. Well, I, I think one of the key things that you hit here is you need to change the content to the medium that too often, like, you know, let's just pick on banks for a second and what their online presence historically has looked like. They took the brochures that used to sit on desktops and they made them digital and you went through a digital brochure to look at their products and what they do. And frankly, it's actually better to go into the branch and get the physical one than it is to go through some of their websites. But when you think about how do you need to tailor this educational component to the medium? What, which mediums do you even consider? Is it the app versus the card and how Goal Setter approaches it? I, listen, I got to tell you, it's all mediums. What we want to do is we want to be easily accessible, but also easily engaging wherever people are already operating. So as an example, our debit card comes with a groundbreaking rule in the industry that no one else ha has. This rule is called learn before you burn. So as a parent, you can automatically freeze your kid's debit card on Sunday morning if they haven't taken their financial literacy quiz for the week yet. And the minute they take that quiz, the card will unfreeze again. So you can say, hey, but the kid doesn't necessarily wanna take that, kid, that quiz. I don't care. My kids didn't necessarily want to learn grammar when they were in third grade either. But guess what happened? They learn grammar. And when they are 24 years old, they'll be able to hold down a job because they know grammar. And so my point is that, you know, what we do is we create content that, um, hold on, back at Nickelodeon, let me tell you what we used to say, Jason. We used to say, it's our job to make sure that parents turn on the television and turn to Nickelodeon. But once they're there, it's our job to make sure that kids say, don't turn that channel. And that's exactly what we're doing, right? So I mm. give you as a parent, learn before you burn. So you don't have to run around the house behind your kid and say, hey, I want to teach you this financial education. Hey, did you take your financial education quiz? It's tied to their debit card. They got to take it if they want to use that card. But the kid is getting this really fun, compelling quiz that's based on memes and gifts from popular culture. It's funny. You know, we have... Um, we have kids who are literally begging, I swear to you, can I open up another quiz this week? We only open up one quiz a week. Can I open another quiz this week? Their parents are writing in like, is there any way for my kid to open up another quiz? They really love quiz. They really love your quizzes. And so that's what we're doing that's different. And so we're teaching them a different language. We're teaching them the language of English. It just happens to be money English. And they need that language in order to survive in this country. Well, you know, you've got a host of competitors out there. You know, teen debit cards are a bit in vogue, you know, these days in the, you know, family money management systems, you know, that are out there. You know, is it working? Is it actually good for the industry? Is it good for, you know, kids to have these debit cards, you know, shoved into their hands with parental controls? Listen, I hate teen debit cards. That's my statement for the day. I hate teen debit cards. Yes, you heard it for first here. Someone who oh, issues a debit card. I love it. Tell us why. <laughs> um, so I have four kids, Jason. One of them is 16. One of them is 12. One of them is 11. And one of them is six. And I promise you, there are a few things that they came out of my womb knowing how to do. They came out of my womb knowing how to eat. 
They came out of my womb knowing how to breathe and they came out of my womb knowing how to spend money. They just did. (laughs) They came out with a budget. I love it. (laughs) I didn't say they came out with a budget because that would suggest they know how to put controls on their spending of money. They came out knowing how to spend money. And so listen, when you stick a debit card into a kid's hand and that's all you're giving them for all intents and purposes, You are just encouraging them to continue that behavior of, hey, I got money, it's readily accessible, I can spend it, and there's nothing else there. And and okay, that's fine. It makes it very easy and convenient for us as parents. I just transferred money to my kid's debit card this morning. Um, And so, yes, that's easy and convenient. The world is going cashless. Families need to be cashless too. It makes it convenient for us as parents, and that's great. But the point is that... You know, listen, you would not, when your kid is four years old, hand your kid a knife and say, look, you're going to need a knife to know how to, you know, cut your steak and (laughs) cut your, cut your mangoes. You're going to need a knife. Go ahead and use it. You give them context. You give them training. You give them all of the appropriate guardrails and information that go hand in hand with that knife. And guess what goes hand in hand with a knife? A fork and a spoon, my friend, right? A fork and a spoon. You got to know how to eat your food. You got to know how to earn money. You got to know how to save money. You got to know how to pick up the money and not just how to spend the money. And so that's what I don't love about, you know, just a team debit card. Um, And that's why our team debit card from the very beginning, no one was talking about financial education and goal setter was like, hey, we have financial education kindergarten all the way through 12th grade. It's tied to your debit card. It's tied to your allowance. So, you know, parents can uh, participate in in a different rule that we have called learn to earn, where you pay your kids for every quiz question they get right. And I saw the behavioral changes. My kid runs around here doing all of their chores to get their seven bucks for the week. And then they run to their app and they go and take those financial quizzes to get the other money that's waiting for them, in his case, $2.50, waiting for him with our financial quizzes. And if he gets seven right, he's pissed off because he missed off, he missed out on three answers that could yield him more money. And mm-hmm. he takes it again to get those other three right. And he's learning. He's learning. And that's what I really value about what we're doing. We're making sure that when these kids leave your house, that they are financially fluent and that they know the terms that you and I never knew until we were 35 years old and taught ourselves. I mean, it's funny you say that. It brought up with my dad, this was years ago now, actually, it's around the time we had started Perk Street, that I'm like, how come you know, you hadn't educated me better on you know, some of these financial terms? And he goes, well, I figured you're smarter than I am and you would go figure it out. And like, I made a whole bunch of you know mistakes in my early 20s that you know, I really wish I could undo that would kind of been game changing related to this. Jason, let me tell you something. Here's here's the truth of the matter. No one in this country has ever been taught financial education. And so while your dad may have been able to teach you, 99% of the parents out there, they don't know how to teach their kids. They don't know how to teach it. They don't have the words for it. They don't have the, the, um, the concepts. They don't have the aha moments. They just don't know how to teach something that they never learned. So that's the first big problem here. Uh, and, And so that's why we are hand in hand with teaching kids. We're teaching their parents too. We've had parents who have raised their hands and said, I don't know what the the things that you're teaching my kids. I don't know these concepts. Please help me to learn them as well. 
Fantastic. So if you could deliver just one message for any of the parents that are listening out here, you know, what is that message that you would, you know, say you need to do X or be cognizant of Y? I will. Let me deliver this one message to all parents. Listen up, parents. Don't be Jason Hendricks. I'm just well, that's true you. in many cases, but specifically, <laughs> why shouldn't they want to be me? <laughs> no, listen, the point is, seriously, I mean, don't be Jason Hendricks. Don't be Jason. Don't be Tanya Van Corp. When I was 28 years old, I had a job in corporate America making great money, but I also got a bunch of stock and stock options. Jason, I didn't know what to do with that stock and with those stock options. So when you talk about you made mistakes, you're going to be like, you're going to pat yourself on the back and say, not as big as Tanya's. I just left that stock sitting there. The stock vested. I didn't know what diversification was. I didn't know what asset allocation was. And so uh, in 2001, when the big tech bubble burst, I lost everything. Literally, my account went from a million dollars at nine o'clock in the morning to $20,000 by the end of the day. And so what I vowed was, I'm never going to let that happen to my kids. And so that really is my true advice for parents out there. Whatever Mm. financial mistakes you have, we have a chance to rectify them. Don't let those happen to your kids. We have a young girl here in Brooklyn. She's 13 years old. NBC News interviewed her and said, what do you love best about Goal Setter? She had hundreds of dollars on her account, Jason. She didn't even talk about the money. She said, the thing that I love best is that Goal Setter teaches me things about money I never knew I was supposed to know. I thought money was all about saving some and spending some, but now I know it's about frugality and compound interest and the rule of 72. And I swear to you, nobody prepped her. She was just taking our weekly financial education quizzes. So what would I say to parents out there? Don't worry if you feel like you're bad with money or you don't know how to teach your kids. 99% of the other parents out there are in your same boat. But get them a tool that is going to teach them. Don't just hand them a teen debit card that's going to teach them how to spend money. They don't need to know that. Give them something that gives them a chance at learning these key financial concepts that you wish you had known when you were their age. So banks play a critical role in the financial lives of, you know, most people. And, you know, where do you think the bank needs to come into this equation right now? Because I think when parents are, you know, challenged by this, you know, banks also, money's a very personal thing, right? It's less talked about than sex, religion, and politics. We don't, we've been trained at an early age, don't talk about money you know, in that regard, where do you think the banks need to, you know, play a role here? Listen, the banks need to be at the forefront of this because guess what? That's where the parents are going to as their first line of defense for help and for support. I talked to a parent the other day. This is a parent who works at a financial institution, a top three insurance company um, in the country. And this parent went into their bank and said, how can you help me to teach my kids about saving and investing and financial education? And the bank said, oh, we have this teen debit card. And the parent said, no, that's not what I'm asking you for. How can you help me to teach my kids about saving and investing? Those are the principles Mm. I want them to understand. How can you help me with that? And the bank said, oh, well, the teen debit card. And the, the, the parent like just finally threw up their hands in frustration. And so by the time I met them, she was like, what you're talking about, goal setter? That's exactly what I need. And so the point is, your customers are coming to you first. 
So either you can answer the call or you can let them keep walking down the path and then they'll meet me or they'll meet, you know, some other kind of solution that's not offered through your bank. That's not what you want. Take care of your customers at home and then those customers will become or their kids will become your next generation of customers. Imagine if every parent who you serve today who has two kids if they are signing up for a platform with you, now you've just created two, two customers for every one customer that you're serving today. And, and you are super serving that one customer even more so in a deep way so that they want to stay with you. They want to engage with you and they appreciate the value that you're, that you're bringing to their whole family. Banks have to be at the forefront of this, Jason. Well, in you know, twisting that slightly, this isn't just about it's doing right for the customer, it's doing right for your business, that you know, this is actually a way to align the incentives for the institution and the family. Completely 150%. You know, it's really interesting. You know, I had this other life. I worked at Nickelodeon. Um, so I was in the cable industry and I saw the cable industry completely get turned on its head and completely get dis disintermediated. And everyone will say, yeah, I remember that. It was at the hands of Netflix and Amazon. But I'll tell you, it wasn't at the hands of Netflix and Amazon. It was at the hands of kids. It was kids who were coming out of their parents' houses and saying, I'm not going to spend $200 a month on that cable account. Instead, I'm just going to stick with Netflix and Amazon. I have choices out here. It was the kids who led the way in terms of saying, hey, I'm willing to go all digital. They went first and then everyone followed them and said, oh, wow, you can get by with just Netflix and Amazon. Okay, I'm headed in that direction too. The point is that you got to get to those kids now because before those kids become the disruptors and the disintermediators. Let's not let them become that. Let's let's cultivate them to become your next generation of customers. Well, in I think there's a really important lesson for incumbency here that you know, how did the cable operators justify charging more and more is I'll offer you more channels, right? More channels that nobody watches. You know, you still watch, you would know you know, better than I, but it's something like people watch something like seven different channels and that's it, or shows, I forget what the exact stat is. So now I've got 365 of them to go sort through and you're charging me more because you do more of what you know, as opposed to changing the model in terms of what you deliver that, you know, anchors in. So when you think of financial services, what is this next generation beginning to look for in their financial services that's different than how we as banks or credit unions would traditionally think about it? You know what is so interesting? I mean, if I go and talk to 100 adults right now and say, tell me about crypto, they'll all break out into a cold sweat. If I go and find 100 teenagers or kids and say, tell me about crypto, they will start to talk about it in ways that at least show that they're interested in it. They are trying to figure it out. They've watched some videos on TikTok about it, right? Kids are actually interested in figuring out this whole money world. And they're particularly interested in understanding how they build wealth. And, you know, it, it, it's really funny. I say all the time, if you walk into a room of a thousand kids and say, how many of you like English? half of them will raise their hands. If you walk into that same room and say, how many of you like math? The other half will raise their hands. But if you walk in and say, how many of you like money? All of them will raise, raise their hands, right? 
And so what do banks need to understand? They need to understand that they're actually working with an information generation, a generation that has been completely immersed in information from TikTok, from Instagram, from YouTube, and they want the information. They also need the information in a way that is not boring because they are not used to being bored and they will not suffer the boring fools, right? And so they need it in a way that's not boring. They need it in a way that's quick and they need it in a way that's credible because they know as well as we all do that you can't really trust everything that you see on a TikTok Mm. page or an Instagram page. So if you can give them credible, engaging, and, you know, short and fun, they're all in. Now, you know, we picked on you know, banks and their web presence. Let's talk about their TikTok presence. You know, should banks and credit unions be on TikTok? I am a person who's a person of the people. And I think you got to be where the people are. Now, I think you have to be where the people are in authentic ways. And I think you have to be where the people are in ways that connect with them. And so if you are taking old models into the new space, that's not going to be successful. Should they be on TikTok? Only when they figure out how to be on TikTok, right? That's my answer to that. And, and you know, that takes some thinking, that takes some doing, that takes some reimagination, that takes some understanding of the audience and listening and researching and figuring out what the audience wants and how you can deliver something in a new and engaging way that meets them where they are. So should they be on TikTok in the old ways? No, that would probably be damaging. Should they be on TikTok in new refreshing ways? Absolutely. Like, you know, if 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 your audience is down on the corner of Decatur and, and Stuyvesant here in Brooklyn, New York, why am I going to run in the other direction, right? I'm not. I'm going to say, hey, there's a big crowd gathered down there. It looks like a block party to me. Let me figure out how to be in the middle of that block party in a meaningful way. I just can't go to the block party and not know how to do the dance, right? Yeah. Like that would be that would be awful. It's not about opening a branch in the metaverse that looks like the branch in the real world, right? Like it's not solving a problem that I have in the metaverse. 150,000 times, absolutely. And this comes full circle to your Nickelodeon story and ESPN, which is matching the content to the medium and it has to change and evolve. Absolutely. If a bank or credit union wants to engage with Goal Setter, what's that process? How do they get started? Well, the first part of the process is just call us or call your partners at Pfizer because we are partnered with Pfizer to deliver Goal Setter as a white label solution for your bank. The best thing about what we do, though, is we literally can surround the bank so that every single family you touch can be touched with a banking product that meets them where they are. So what what do I mean by that? We have an employee benefits offering. You can start with your employees. We have a white label offering for your customers. You can provide goal setter and a youth banking solution um, and a youth financial education solution to all of your customers and make them your next generation of consumers and customers. And then we have a solution for your community. So if you want to support and help your community, we have a solution for school systems that are helping the kids who need it most with financial education, with savings accounts, with investment accounts to get on the path towards financial freedom. So call call Goal Setter, call your local Fiserv rep, 
Um, and both of us and or either one of us are happy to help you march along that path. Or go to the Fiserv app market and guess what? You will be able to find Goal Setter. It's not a custom integration, um, part of that deepening a partnership. So if you could, we had one message for the parents. If you have one message for financial institutions that are listening to this, what would that be? My message for the financial institutions would be that I'm meeting people every day who are putting their kids onto fintech platforms. And once they put their kid onto that fintech platform, there is no telling where that kid is going to end up in terms of their long-term relationship. That fintech platform can continue to evolve. They can continue to super serve that kid. And that kid could become, you know, could start off as a 12-year-old on that platform, but end up as a 22-year-old and a 32-year-old and a 42-year-old that is now lost for you to the fintech space. Don't wait. You've got to make this transition today. If you want to wake up in 18 years and see that you have a whole slew of next generation customers, you got to start serving those customers today. The second thing that I would say is that Goal Setter enables you to do that. Our platform is the only one in the market that is uniquely serving every age in the family. I told you I've got a 16-year-old, a 12-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a six-year-old. Every single one of them is on Goal Setter. And by the way, just last week, we were named uh, by the FinTech Breakthrough Awards, the 2022 best personal finance product in the space. And so that's awesome because we can give you a product that is going to engage your next generation of customers, excite them and keep them with you. Run, don't walk. Don't wait until it's too late. Yeah, the, this fast follower doesn't cut it by the time they're lost because I think your cable analogy is perfect here. Once they've cut that cord and gone all digital, they're not coming back. Nope. Thank and you, Tanya. This has been entertaining and educational. Fantastic. You know, everyone should run, not walk to go talk to their Fiserv rep or to call Goal Setter or go find it in the market. Thank you. Thank you, Jason. Thank you for joining us. To subscribe to future episodes, search Fiserv Forward on Apple Podcasts Spotify, or other major podcasting platforms, or visit fiserv.com slash forward.